I want to share with you a psalm that most of us know and we've heard, and we hear quite often at funerals uh, as Old Testament reading, and some of us even grew up on it. But we're just going to see, as we share tonight, out of the book of Psalm, and we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm, and we're just going to see what it is that God has to say uh, to us, his children. And let's go uh, to the Lord in prayer. God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. We're so excited about how awesome you are and for all that you have done, for the things that you're currently doing in our lives and for the things that you're preparing us for. We pray that as the word come forth, God, that literally we would decrease, that you would increase within us. Holy Spirit, we know that you've already blessed your word and your word is blessed. So we say that we take a back seat right now. Do what needs to be done in this place. You know the needs, you know the situations, you know everything that God that we're facing, you know everything that that we're experiencing. So Holy Spirit, we believe you to be true, and we believe that you have the power, the authority, and the wherewithal to meet us right where we are. So God, we trust you and we believe you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you right now that you are minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, guys, let's turn to Psalms um, 23. And we're going to do KJV version of it. (coughs) And if you have it, and um, they have it up on the screen, and I'm going to ask that you read it with me, and then we'll come back and just kind of see what God is saying. Let's read. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of Shep, I will fear no evil, for thou with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's, um, and what I believe that the Lord is saying. Uh, tonight, and where I want, kind of where I want to name this is, and God always protects and provides. That's going to be my subject. Um, what we believe that God is saying: God always protects and provides. Everybody say, God always. Say it again. God always protects and provides. Okay. Um, And as we go through this, like I said earlier, this is a psalm that most of us have heard throughout our years. I I remember even, and guys, you have to kind of forgive me because uh, my glasses just keep going up and down. I got about four. But let me me do a sidebar real quick. Every time, every year when I go and get my eyes done, a check, I always get, I won't just get one pair. I won't get two pair. I always get three or four different pairs of glasses. And, you know, the insurance only pay for one, but then I come out of pocket. I never tell Pastor exactly how much I, I pay for them. And then, you know, since I lost my hair and I don't have a wig on, my glasses, and most of you, you may not know this, but when you don't have hair to hold it up, they just slide. So all day I've been doing this. And I have some more pets, but you're going to get my readers out of my glass, out of my purse. I have some, so I have to use something. It's amazing what you have to do, the little tricks you have to do to get things to work. So I have to get something to keep them up, because if not, I'll be doing this. They'd be all on the floor. So if you see me, I'm going to try with my readers. If I can, I'm going to have to come back to these. Um, so if you see me doing that, try not to get agitated and mad at me, Okay. Have mercy on me, okay, because <laughs> I'm trying. And these are the ones I like, but they just don't fit my face just yet. So we're getting there. As soon as I get my afro, I'm going to put it in there, and they're going to sit. Okay, that had nothing to do with this sermon whatsoever. Let's try this. Thank you, babe. I'm going to hold on to these because these may not work. 
Those are my glasses. These are just readers. Okay, these stay a little bit better. Now, the thing about it, I probably can't see as well. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's get back. Let's get back. Okay, now, Psalms uh, 23. This is something that we came up with. And I remember even when I was growing up, we used to have a responsive, responsive reading. And we would read this during every Sunday morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and, and on and on. And I really didn't get it. I didn't understand it, but I memorized it. I, I know it now really from back in the day. But it's now that I've gotten older, that I really understand what the writer was saying at this particular time. Now, we know the writer here is David. And I honestly believe that as David was writing and penning and the Holy Spirit was encouraging him to write, that he was actually writing in a season of his life that he was probably more relaxed and more mature. And I'll explain that in just a second why I say that. But I, I, I believe that he, he, something had changed at the moment that he wrote Psalms 23. And, and one of the reasons I say that is because if I look at the life of David, all the things that he had gone through, all the things that he had encountered, he still was able to say that God was a good shepherd. And that in everything that he had gone through, through the good, through the bad, he was able, able to pin that God is a shepherd. He's my shepherd and I shall not want. Now, how many of you really understand and know that when we go through things in life, it has a tendency to do two things, either pull us closer to God or push us, push us away from him. And I honestly believe as David was going through the different things in his life that he allowed those situations to pull him closer to God. The circumstances, the situations, the hardship brought him closer to God so that he understood that God really was a true shepherd. Now, as we go through this, I want you to understand a couple things here. I honestly believe that God allowed David to write the 23rd Psalms for a couple reasons. First of all, was to make sure we, in the year 2019, that as we're reading the scripture, that we will understand that God truly is a master shepherd and that everything that we go through, that God is always present and he truly cares about what we're going through. And guys, sometimes as children, as sheep, and we'll talk about sheep in just a second, when we're going through things, we think God has, is not there, that he's nowhere to be found. But in Psalms 23, David begins to talk about something, and he's very clever. He's very clever in, in how the Holy Spirit allows him to write, and he's very clear that uh, God is our good shepherd. He's our shepherd. And this is one thing that's very evident as we go through Psalms 23 that we're going to see that David is assured us in his writing that God would never leave us nor forsake us. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what it looks like, we can be assured that, that we're not facing things by ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but most of us, I have friends um, in high school, few in college, some as an adulthood, and and you you had friends that that would literally would roll and die, and everywhere you went, they would go there. They would no matter which. If you got in dirt, they got in dirt. If you did good, maybe they did good. I don't know, but we had people that we can depend on. We can really say that they were there with us. That's the way God is, and even more so that when we're going through things, that we are not by ourselves. Now, David, in writing this, that first verse, it says, the Lord, everybody read this, the Lord is, is my shepherd, I shall not want. <coughs> David's earliest job from everything that we can tell in Scripture was to tend sheep. We know that when Samuel went out to anoint the next king, David was out tending sheep. 
That's what he did. And I believe that it's there where he learned his, the full responsibility of what it really meant to be a shepherd. Now, I want to pick, stop that just for a second. I want to tell you, wherever you are in life right now, whatever you may be doing, it may not be even ideal. It may not even be what you want to do or what you thought you would be doing at this particular time. But I want to tell you that where you are now, God is trying to build character in you because he's preparing you for the next season in your life. If David had not learned how to be a good shepherd to the sheep that he had, he God would have never been able to use him to do the things that he did. So don't overlook and don't despise where you are in life right now. Know that God has you there for for a reason. Now, David's main purpose as a shepherd was to make sure the sheep was safe and that they were healthy. Everybody say safe and healthy. His job, and we never think about this, his job was very dangerous. He was a shepherd. And it required isolation and it required around the clock care. Now, let me tell you something. If if you were one that liked to sleep, you wouldn't have been a good shepherd. No, uh, you would have woke up and all your little sheep would have been gone. David, he actually he took care. His main focus was to take care of the sheep, to keep them safe and to make sure they were healthy. And, and why was that? Because there were wolves and coyotes and, and mountain lions and, and bears that came along and they were coming for the sheep. But David's responsibility was to make sure that they were safety. Not only was you had sheep and other animals coming after the sheep, not, not only that, but you also had these little sheep that had to eat. So they, they could be guilty of running of roaming the pastures of the land and eating the wrong food, eating something that was poisonous or make them sick or even kill them. So the shepherd had to make sure that they were safe. Everybody say safe. Because sheep like to eat. But this was also the other thing that a shepherd had to do. He had to make sure that he took them to good green pastures, not somewhere where the the weeds and the, the grass and the Everything was dead. He had to make sure that he found a good place that they can eat. Now, now this is something a good shepherd. Everybody say good shepherd. Make sure. And David did this. He made sure that they, that the sheep was well fed and they were cared for. That was his intent. He wanted to make sure they were well fed and they were cared for. Now, I believe that in David's writing the, the 23rd Psalm, This is his background here. So he's coming as a shepherd. He's writing as a shepherd. God is using him to pin this. And he begins to understand or explain to us that just like he was a shepherd and he had taken care of the sheep, that God is the shepherd here. And he's a good shepherd. And he looks out for all of our needs. And guys, this is the thing that I want you to get and I want you to grab. It's hard and very difficult to depend on God as our shepherd if we don't know him personally. We, we can't grasp this. We can't, we can't grasp how a God can protect us and keep the wolves and away and take us to a green pasture and, and to make sure that we're eating correctly where we don't want anymore if we don't really understand what it means to know who God really is. So some of us think we have a shepherd, but we really don't know the shepherd. And we don't know his responsibilities. We don't know his characteristics. So therefore, we find ourselves always wanting and not content. Because Dave, as a shepherd, David's responsibility was make sure that the sheep were content. And what do I mean by that? God wants us as believers to understand that it's his will to make sure that we don't want for anything. And I know I want that to sink in for a while. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Guys, that, that's a statement that that's that's telling us that that God is our shepherd. He's a good shepherd and everything that we need. He provides for us. Now, I, it's, it's, I want to ask this question. Is God really? Really your shepherd? And I want you to write that down somewhere on your paper. Just say, is God really my shepherd? Do I really know him as this shepherd, this person that this God who who takes care of me, who makes sure that the enemy is at bay in my life and who provides for me everything that I need, who makes sure that I don't want anything? Do I really, really know him as my shepherd? And this is the thing. We want the good shepherd to deliver on his promise. What is his promise? That he'll provide everything that, and we should not want. We'll, he'll provide what we need and we don't have to want for anything. This means that we won't be lacking in anything. Now, that's mind, that's body, that's spirit, that's physically. It, it doesn't matter. It means that God will provide for us as well as the members of our family. Now, the only way this actually happens, if we really will allow him to be our shepherd. So, Dad, I mean, I say Paul and then I say Daniel, but I meant David. Let's get back to David. David is writing here and he's saying the Lord is my shepherd. And see, that's a personal thing. He may be the, sh- uh, the shepherd of the person next to you, but is he your shepherd? Does he, do you really, really allow him to shepherd over your life? And as we roll through this, I want you to see this because the shepherd had a role and the sheep did too. And sometimes the sheep try to do the shepherd's job. And anytime a sheep, you see a sheep or an animal, a dog, or anything that takes over his master's role is out of order. It's out of order. So David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as he writes this, we, we see that the only way that this happens is, is we allow the shepherd to literally, we allow God to shepherd over our lives. And this is the thing that I want you to, to hear me on. And I know most of you guys know this. God is a gentleman. He won't force us. He won't make us do something that we don't want to do. He will allow us, if we allow him to take his rightful place, he'll lead us in our everyday lives. But if we choose not to allow him to, and we just do church as usual, we come and it really is not making an impact in our everyday life. You know, we're still doing the same old, same old and acting the same way we used to act day after day after day. Then what God does is he allows to do that until something comes along to shake our world. Now, let's look at verse two. So the first one said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse two said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Everybody say, make it. Me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me, he leadeth me beside the still water. Now, to me, when I read this and as I go through this, to me, this seems simple. Who in the right mind wouldn't want to go to green pastures and, and be led to still waters? Who, who, and, and I know for, for right now, you think, well, I don't want a green pasture because we actually just think about. That a, a, a pasture, maybe trees and green, and you don't think and you don't, you, you're not getting and comprehending what God is trying to say. He is, he, he's saying is, I'm telling you, you can lay down in prosperity and you can be at peace. You don't have to be anxious. You can be settled in your mind or we can be settled. Green pastures and peace, peace and Who wouldn't want to go to a place of rest? And sometimes as believers, we don't even understand how in here David is saying he maketh me or he correct. He commands me or he tells me to lie down. I've never seen a person laying down and running at the same time. I guess you can do a running man and just you just but you're still going to be laying down. (laughs) The purpose of lying down here is the rest. 
You don't have, there's certain things God is just saying we don't have to continue to do that we can stop. We can rest because he's leading us. He's directing us. He's guiding us into a place where we can be settled in him. Now, most of us sometimes, in, in, instead of being settled, we begin, we, in our mind, we can't honestly, some of us, not all, but some of us can't honestly understand how we can enjoy green pastures or we can enjoy life. Because before we begin to enjoy, our minds begin to think and tell us something bad is going to happen. This is going to happen. We're thinking God is saying what we can have and what we can do. And we're thinking in our mind, maybe the way we built, maybe some of us are built to worry. I don't know. And whether it's that or whether we just think this is too good to be true. Something has to happen. Can God really be this good to me? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So lying down, what God is trying to say here today, he's trying to tell us through David that we can lie down in the company of prosperity and rest beside a quiet stream that even though it may sound silly to our mental mind and just being in of ourselves. But God is saying, this is what I want for you. Why can't you accomplish some of the things that you dreamed about? And some of the things maybe you see and you think in your mind, I'd never be able to do it. Why? Who said you couldn't? Who said we couldn't? God is saying, I'm praying and I want this for you, but you have to begin to speak and say the same things that God is saying about you. Because without trusting the the good shepherd, we can't have confidence in the good shepherd. I'm going to say that again. If we don't trust the good shepherd, we're not going to have confidence in what he's telling or saying about us. I don't care how much you hear it preached. I don't care how much you sing it. Uh, about it, in your mind, you're going to still doubt that God really wants to do this for you. And God is saying, I want to do it for you. Can you, can you actually understand? Can you grasp what I have for you? Why can't you start your own business? Why can't you do something different than you've ever done before? Why? Who said you couldn't? Now, if we don't see God as our shepherd, what we'll begin to do, and if we don't, if we don't see him as our shepherd, if we don't learn how to trust him and allow him to lead us into places that we've never been or seen before, we'll find ourselves being inferior to what God wants for us. We'll find ourselves sitting in places that God never designed for us to sit, be in places that he never designed for us to be, all because we thought that he couldn't do it for us. Now, if, if we can see him as a good shepherd, God is saying, I can take the inferior places in your life and the circumstances and situation and turn those things around, not for your sake, but for his sake. And that's what God is. God is trying to raise and elevate our thinking because some of us never thought that we could have whatever. But God is saying it's yours for the asking. Now, if we don't follow him, then we won't think about the refreshing places because this is what what the writer is trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us that God is trying to lead us to a place that we haven't been. I gave you an example how a shepherd was to go to lead them into green pastures or good pastures. And he didn't lead them to something that was already dead to feed them. He led them to a place that was good and that was prosperous so that they could be fed. God wants to meet our every need. But this is the thing, guys, it's never about us, but it's always about him. We are his hand and feet here on earth. So when God blesses us, what the world sees is they see a picture of his glory on us so that it represents him. And one of the things that God is trying to get us to uh, do is not be stagnant in the things that we do and do the same things over and over and over and over again. God is telling us that he really wants our best. 
that if we we need to stay in the spirit uh, expect, uh, expect, expecting him to do things. Think about this. Do you really expect God to do anything for you? Do you really? No, I'm talking about do you really? I know we say that, but do you really expect him to do something for you? Do you really expect? We say, well, I, I, I want to raise. I want a different job. I want this. I want that. But do you really expect him to come through? God is saying, I'm willing to come through on your behalf. If you can believe me, I'm, I'm willing to take you to higher places. I'm willing to take you to greener pastures if you'll follow me. But guys, this is the key. We can't do it the way we want to do it. It doesn't work that way. The sheep don't tell the shepherd how to tend the sheep. It just doesn't go that way. God is saying he wants us to follow him. So he talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me. It didn't say we, he, we lead him. He leadeth me beside the still water. Let's go to the next verse in here. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, guys, when we're going through things in our lives, no matter what the situation is, what you're facing, God is saying, I want to restore. All of us need some restoration in our lives. When we're going through a devastating situation, whether it's a relationship fail, we lost a job, or illness occurred, our finances are jacked up. It could be whatever event you have. But during these times, when we attempt to keep walking, some of us may be smiling, some may be limping. But whatever state that we find ourselves in, it's during these times that we need God to restore our souls and restore us. I don't know about about you, but I I shared this uh, several times, I know, in my class and, and maybe even over the, over the um, pulpit. But there have been times when I came into ministry, and this was before this journey of cancer, but there have been times I came in to EBC on a Wednesday or Sunday, um, um, Sunday or Wednesday night, and I was struggling inside. Sometimes not was here, but not here. Anybody ever been like that? You here, but you're not here? Well, some of you may be there now. You may be here, but not here. But, but I've been there, that I came and I sat there, looked apart, but struggling on the inside. Find myself sometimes further from the Lord that I really wanted to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're going through the motion, you're trying to literally fake it till you make it and just seem like you ain't making it and ain't faking it very well. Just struggling. And those are the times, most of all, that we need to push our way, push our way and get closer to God because he's there waiting for us. But those are the times that that God really wants to restore us and show us how good of a shepherd he really is, that how he can bound our wounds and, and our hurts and our failures and our disappointments and our brokenness and, and, and take all that stuff and nurse us back together again. Nobody can do that but the Lord. Nobody. Nobody. And as we follow the good shepherd, God, it's God's will for us to be happy, but not just happy. He wants us to be joyful. And why do I say happy? I know happy. A lot of times we talk about happy and I know it's based on circumstances and situation and things and all that. I understand that. But I also believe as believers that we ought to be happy and smile sometimes. I, I, don't, I don't think that because we're saved that we can't have fun and we always have to look serious. And, you know, if somebody because I, I, I told it was somebody up here the other day and they, they almost fell on the steps. I say, listen, if you fall, I'm laughing. I'm going to tell the truth. I, I'm going to laugh and then I'm going to pray. And hallelujah. <laughs> but there are some things that that are funny. Now, of course, we don't want anybody to get hurt. So if you fall, I'm not going to laugh at you. I, I'm not. But, and man, I told you guys that 
I, I remember, and I'm just going to, since we're on the fall, and I remember one day I was at work. Again, this was a couple years ago, walking from the parking lot, trying to be all cute and had my heels on. And uh, it's not good to walk in concrete and trying to walk a long way in heels. Some heels, and I heard uh, Tanya say this Sunday, some are just, you actually bring in, you sit down. That's it. You don't try to walk in them. Definitely don't let the, um, the uh, musician play in the shouting music because those are not shouting shoes. And, and, and everybody do that every now and then. You know, if you ever watch me, sometimes I move. If I ain't moving a lot, that's because my feet hurt. So I just do this. <laughs> and I got one move. If they do a little fast, I do it a little more. But anyway, going back, I, I was walking to the, to the office one day, trying to be cute, and... And on the phone, talking at the same time with my bed. And I was just walking. Next thing I know, I was on the ground. I had fell in the middle of the street with the phone like this, my knees like this. And I started, I mean, just, just a mess. And I looked around. I wasn't hurt. But if anybody had came by, I was going to pretend like I was hurt. <laughs> I wasn't getting up. <laughs> I, was, I was not getting up. If I had to sue LSU, I was going to do it or whatever. But... I wasn't, but I actually, this is what I did. Because, you know, most people, when they fall, what they do, I did this. And I didn't see, I didn't see anybody, did I did like this. <laughs> and, and went on to the office. And then by the time I got there, I checked. And I had a little scar on my knees, but it wasn't that bad. But I, I, I said all that, and I don't know what that had to do with anything that I was about to say. But I, I'm going back to saying walking, talking, I'm not sure. But I'm going to go back to um, verse 3. It talks about restores my soul. He leadeth me in the patch of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's look, he restores my soul. That's why we were on. Um, this is the time we're going through things, guys. I'm telling you, we go through periods that we need the Lord to restore our souls. To restore us. And if you haven't been there, you will. Just keep, like mama said, just keep living. You will. There are things in your, that will happen in your life that will literally shake your world. Upside down. But this is the thing that I'm trying to tell you as we go through this. That we have a good shepherd who watches out for us, who provides for, who protects us, and he restores our soul. And then it says that, and David begins to say, he leadeth me. In other words, he leads and I follow. That's what the connotation of leading talks about. He's leading me and I willingly follow him. And I'm following him in a path of not just doing what I want to do, but I'm following him in a path of righteousness. Why? For his namesake. Because what I do, the way I act, the way I perceive things, the way I handle things is a representation not only of EBC, my family, um, my pastor and my husband, but it represents my God. And there have been times, I don't know about you, but there have been times I, I felt so bad because I didn't represent my God well. And those are times that are hurting, I know for me, but probably for you as well. If you find yourself in a situation where God is trying to lead you and you're trying to rebel, it bothers you. If, if you're saved, it bothers you. And, and what, and what, I mean, what um, David is saying here, he's restored my soul. He leadeth me in a patch of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, one of the things that, as we're reading here in Psalms, each day God is preparing us for the next journey, and he assures us that, with, that he's with us at all times. All times. Everything that God does for us is based on his good reputation, and it's based on his name. EBC, this is one of the things I'm going to keep saying as we get in close uh, down. Well, we're in verse 3. We're going to go to uh, the fourth one. But as, as we go through this, one of the things I want you to get, get in your spirit is that we can trust God. But, you know, the question probably not so much can we trust him, but can he trust us? And, and every time that, that every day of our lives, every day that God allows us to get up, God is preparing us for the next journey in our life. He's the only one that know what our beginning, the middle part of our life, and the ending will be. But this is the thing. He's preparing us. He's leading us. And he wants us to follow him for his sake. Now, sometimes when we read the Bible, we honestly think that the men and women in the Bible were totally different from us, that they had something that we didn't have. 
And in other words, really, when you look at it, we have more than what they had because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And, and you know, there's a question that in my class we always ask is, um, that, um, that the old Testament or New Testament, that they have it better or easier than we have it in 2019. And, and, and we always get a very, just a slew of, of answers in the class. And, and one person said, well, um, they had it. They had it easier than we have because, you know, we got social media and we got so much. We got this and that and we got this and that. And I listened and they gave a a really good um, analogy and had a good point. But then I asked him, I said, you do know that they didn't have Brookshire's. They didn't have cars. They didn't have what we have shelter over our head. So they had I in my eyesight, I think they had it even harder than what we have, but I, that we, you know, you may say it different than men. Like that's no, that's no scripture to say who had it worse. The only thing I'm saying is, whatever generation we were in, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, or 2019, God is still saying that He wants us to follow Him, and that He literally is our God. And but, but besides that. A lot of times we look at the, the, the individual that was in there in scripture and we think, man, they had it easy. <clears throat> but sometimes we forget that David's life wasn't easy, that literally he had to fight a giant that everybody was afraid of, that he had to run and hide in caves from the king, from King Saul, from Absalom, his son, because they wanted to kill him. And, but this is the thing, but through everything that David went through, even the downfall with Bathsheba, everything that he went through, David still was able to pin here in Psalms um, 23, and he had learned that God was a good shepherd. And that was through the good and bad. And guys, this is what I want to tell you. Just because we face bad things or things happen bad in our lives or things happen that are unexpected, uh, expected, but this is the thing that I want to remind you. It, it doesn't take anything away from our God. God still is who he say he is. It, it doesn't matter whether we live or whether we die. God is still good. Whether, you know, it's good or whether it's bad. God is still good. Whether we win in, in our eyesight or whether we lose, God is still good. Whether something terrible happened in your life or whether something good is happened, God is still who he say he is. And, and that's something that we cannot forget. And what is God trying to tell us tonight? Why, why, why did I even um, go through Psalms 23? Why did God even have us go here? I believe that God is trying to say that if his children, me and you, if we stick close to him, that he can teach us how to be disciplined in a radical world of, uh, and, and still be content in who he made us to be. And to know that he will provide, that he's a provider and he's a protective of his children. Now, look at verse four. (coughs) Let's read. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear for thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. Now, personally, when I I read this, (coughs) I think about uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even just reading that, even when I was a little kid, that used to almost uh, make me afraid. And I don't like, even now as an adult, I don't like scary movies. I, I don't. I don't like The Honey House. I don't like witches. I don't like goblins. And even before I got saved, that just really wasn't my, my thing. Now, I know some of you may love scary How many like scary movies? And, yeah. And my, my, my um, uh, um, son, I think, I think he does, and I think Sandra does. Tony, do you like scary? Okay, we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I, I don't like anything scary, and, and this is the thing. <coughs> if you scare me, if you really, really scare me, I, I have a tendency to probably go back to my old nature. I come out fighting, or either I'm going to come out running. Now, it just depends on how bad you scare me on which one you get. Now, but you're going to get one of them if you scare me real bad. I'm either going to come out punching you or I'm going to take off running. 
It, it won't be, I don't have in-betweens. I, I, I really don't. Because I don't, I don't like being scared. So when I read this, I, I think about Satan, our enemy, how he wants us to be afraid. That's why a lot of times we're facing things. Guys, I'm telling you, fear will cripple you. When you find yourself afraid, you're afraid you're not going to make it. You're afraid of this. You're afraid that what God promised is not going to come to pass. Why? Because that's how the enemy works. Satan and his little old imps, they always trying to stick their heads out and make us afraid. But God is saying that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, this is one thing I thought about as I was reading this. I never saw a shadow kill anybody. I haven't. If you at nighttime and, and, I, and I'm from uh, Hainesville, a little country town, and at dark t- and this is the thing when you at, at night and a shadow is behind you, it can be a leaf, but it just seems like it's so big, and you just <laughs> everything scares you. It's a shadow. It's not real. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. He boasts, he makes all this noise. He makes it look like he's really big and make us think that he's bigger and badder than what he really is. And we forget about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how big he really is. So the scripture here talks about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. This is the thing. It says, I will fear. I choose not to be afraid. Why don't I have to be afraid? Now, this is the thing, guys, that just, just, just literally just took me away when I studied this. It says, I will not fear for thou, meaning I, my God, my shepherd, he's with me. He's with me. And this is the thing. Not only is he with me, he comforts me. But what does he comforts me with? He comforts me with the rod and the staff. And I want you to get this because I don't want you to miss this. In this verse, it talks about the rod and the staff. The shepherd, rod and staff comfort me. The rod represents discipline and defense. So follow me here. I want you to write that down. Just rod. The rod represents discipline and defense. What do you mean? If I'm a shepherd, I use the rod to protect the sheep. I also use that same rod to reprimand, uh, uh, to, to correct the sheep. That little sheep that's over there, bye, 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 and he picking on all the other sheep and eating the wrong plants, and he's not aware of the danger that he's in. I use the rod to kind of get, get him back in line again. And the shepherd also uses the rod to because a sheep has wool. And what he does is he uses the rod to split the, the, the wool to make sure there's no wounds, there's no diseases, and that the sheep is in good condition. So you got that? So the rod here, and, and, and follow me here, the rod represents discipline and defense. This is what the shepherd uses to discipline me and to defend me. It's my defense. Now, the staff here is for command and guidance. So the, the staff is a little different. The staff is considered like a long, slender hook, and it's kind of crook at the end. And what it does is the, the shepherd will use the staff when he's tired. He will use that to rest on. And then also, if the, if the sheep or lamb was gone too far from his mother, he would use that, that staff to kind of hook him and bring him back into the fold. Now, he also would use this staff to bring him closer to the shepherd because this, you, got one, you always got one who's going to wander away. So he would use the staff to go back and hook him and bring him back into the fold. And he also used the staff to lead into a good pasture. So when they wanted to go to a new place, he would use the staff to lead them and to guide them to where they were going. Now, the last thing that the staff, they they would use the staff for is to lift them up. A lot of times the sheep would get caught in bushes. It would use it to pick the sheep up out of the bush. Or if he got in in water because he couldn't swim, he would use it to rescue him from the water. Now, this is something that a lot of times we, we forget about. 
that God will use a rod and a staff to comfort us. Now, how in the world does he use discipline and defense and command and guidance to, to actually help us or to comfort us? Well, I'm glad you asked because this is what God is doing on our behalf sometimes when we don't even understand it. That thing that you think is the worst thing that you can actually go through and see and it just look like you don't know how you're going to make it. God will use that to protect you. He'll use it to push you back to him and, and to bring you closer to him. He'll also use it to make sure that you're OK, that nothing that happens in your life will take you out. God will also use it to turn you around when you're going in the opposite direction. That thing right now, that man that that you just love, but he ain't loving you. He'll use that same situation to bring you closer to him. He'll also use it to say, "Okay, when you get tired of doing you, God can God will use it to say, "Okay, you can rest in me and I'll give you the perfect rest so you don't have to keep running after any and everything and trying to find something that God has already given you. God is saying, I'm going to use my wrath. I mean, I'm not my rod and my staff. I'm going to use it to comfort you. Why does he want to comfort you? Because he wants you to rest in him. Rest in him. Rest in him and know that he's your protection. God will provide whatever you need or whatever we need. God will provide a couple of things that I'm going to get to this last verse here. Let's go. Ye, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou with me. Thou rod in that staff that comfort me. Let's go. Five. That prepares a table before me. Everybody say before me. In the presence of my enemies. That anointed my head with oil and my cup runneth over. David is writing here. And David is saying, as, as I'm going through, and David, who should have known this? If anybody had known, would have known this, David would have, would have, because he had a lot of enemies. And what God is saying, even here through David to us, is that God is trying to prepare a table for us. And he's going to do it in the midst of people doubting what he, uh, what he could actually do on your behalf. Your enemies, people who said you couldn't do, people who said you'll never be, you'll never have, you're not good enough. And that's the thing. Some of us are still believing what other people said about us. And God is trying to get you to believe what he says about you. He's going to prepare a table. And this is the thing that your enemy is going to be looking at you, but they can't enjoy it. They're going to be looking at you feasting. And EBC feasting, but they can't enjoy. And why? Because he's not, he didn't prepare for them. He prepared it for you. Do you know how precious you are to God? And then uh, David goes on to say, now he's doing this. And as he do it, he's going to show you that his anointing flows up on your head. It's like a cup that runs over more than enough. You're not what God is getting ready to do in your life. Because this is the thing. And I've said this before. We always say EBC and that's great. But do you know who EBC you make up EBC? So when God does what he's going to do through EBC, he got to do it through you. So if your cup, if EBC cup run is over, guess what? God is trying to tell you your cup is going to run over. Why can't you believe that? Why can't we believe that God wants to do this for us? Prepare a table before I end in the presence. That, that means that they're going to be there. They're going to be there. Look, and this is the thing. He's not talking about when we get to the other side. He's talking about here on earth. And I think sometimes we don't grasp that. I know my head with oil, my cup running over. Let's, verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, I'm going to say this, and we're almost done. David is saying here that when we go in and out, there's two benefactors that follow us all the time. That's goodness and that's mercy. And guys, I don't know about you, but I thank God for his goodness that every time I walk, 
out of the house, even though there are times I walked and left and I forgot to pray. But I, that, that's okay because goodness and mercy keeps following me. The goodness is his goodness. He's just good all the time. That mercy is when I mess up, when I do the things that I shouldn't be doing, when I say the things that I shouldn't be saying, that he didn't give me what I really deserve. That's his mercy, and they follow me all the days of my life. And this is what David said. He said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In, uh, in other words, our, our sole purpose of everything that we do shouldn't be just down here. And Chad sings the song, Heaven is the heaven on earth? I think that's what it is. But what the thing that God wants us to realize, the same thing that's going on in heaven, God wants it to be done here on earth. And, 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 and God is trying to get us. Guys, if we don't renew our minds and, and our perspectives won't change and our hearts won't change. And this is the thing I heard pastor say earlier when I was coming in the back. That if we don't, I'm going to put it in my own words, but if we don't understand that if we don't spend time with the Lord through study, through prayer, it's not going to happen. It's no shortcut. Thank God for, for um, daily devotions. Thank God for books that we read. But nothing should take the place of this. This is the foundation in which we do life. And guys, everything that you're looking for is here. And this is the thing sometimes we forget. We think that God is not relevant in the year 2019. So we go and want to do things our own way. And we keep under, keep, don't understand why it's not working out. It will never work out. God is not going to bend from the truth of his word or who he is. He is truth. So he's not going to go out and do something that's totally against his character, his attributes, and who he is. God loves us. And this, I want to leave you with this. Um, we're going to close. And I want you to put Psalms 23 up, but I want you to put it in the NLT. And I want us to read it together. This, and let's, let's read it. And I want you to read it. I want you to really read it. Everybody reading it. If you can't read well, that's fine. Just get the words that you know. And, and, and God would do the rest. It's no, and I, I'm serious about that. I'm serious about that. Because this is the thing. As we read this, God will meet us right where we are. And, and I say that because everybody didn't go to school. Everybody didn't graduate. Everybody, some people may, didn't even get in further than third or fourth grade. Everybody don't have an education. But this is what I'm telling you. It does not matter to the Lord what you have. God is saying, I'll use you right where you are. If you will be obedient and trust me and believe that I can do the impossible in your life, I'll do more through you. You may only have a first grade education, but God can still use you. You're the only one stopping you. And when we get to the point that we can trust God and believe that God is who he say he is and that he really can do what he say he can do, God will do miracles in our lives. And this is the thing. And Pastor, and I always say this here at EBC. I pray that we'll always keep this mindset, but it doesn't matter what your background is, where you came from, what you do in the secular world. In here, we're all sisters and brothers. There are no high up here. There's no lows down here. That's one of the reasons Pastor and I kind of, we consistently work hard to make sure that we never put ourselves up here and we don't allow you to do it to us. That we humble ourselves and walk in humility because this is about Jesus. Let's pray. God, we come before you right now in the name of